How did you come up with the name Funny Money? I wanted to be in a band after 18 years of being in Kicks. Um, as much as it looked like we were having the time of our lives, every one of those shows there was so much pressure because we really were, we really cared that much about putting on great shows every night. Mm -hmm. So when that that band was over, I thought, you know, I want to be in a band that I can have some fun, no pressure, and make some money. So fun money, funny funny money, and it just <laughs> kind of fell, you know. Mm -hmm. And that's what we do. Mm -hmm. Woo! Damn right. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Slam Fest podcast, where we bring the premier rock concert pre-gaming experience from the parking lot to the podcasting airwaves. I'm Brad. So this episode is going to revolve around another obscure band. And at this point in time, I was living in the Baltimore area. So I'm going to talk about the Funny Money concert I saw on April 17th, 2004 at the Record Theater in Towson, Maryland. And to help me recap this show and talk a little bit more about Funny Money, welcome back to the show, Steve. Steve Wright, Potter Than Hell podcast. Hey, Brad. Uh, good to be here. Thanks for inviting me back. And I'm um, looking forward to this. Uh, I'll get into it when we when we get yeah. going about it, too. Yeah. Yeah. So I, we were just talking about this before I hit record, but Steve was, was on, I think it was episode 61 back the rock and pod recap we did a song draft with my brother and and steve about tommy skio's uh written songs during tesla and we came up with our own albums and i i was telling steve i said i don't i didn't send you the slam fest concert history questions that i normally do with with guests outside of the slam fest crew but we were just talking and i'm gonna have him on another show in the future and we'll throw those questions at him at that point so before we get started, Steve, I got a review. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, you know, it's funny. I don't always look for those. I try to just, to, you know, you never know when one's going to pop up because you don't, you don't really get alerted unless I, unless you know something I, I don't about reviews, but I, I, they just pop up for me. So this is a Apple uh, podcast review and it is from... STG217. I kind of wish, I really wish I knew who these people were, you know, <laughs> that were reviewing us, but yeah. it's always a. Please uh, identify yourself in yeah, the review. Yeah, it's a little username, but uh, headline outstanding, five stars. This is the most unique music podcast I've heard. Talks about the whole concert experience, unlike any other show. Nice. Well, thank you to STG217 appreciate that that's again I, I was going for something unique you know something a little bit different and i think it's i think it's resonating with some people which is which is very very cool so funny money not exactly a, a household name i don't know how many people are gonna know who we're talking about steve so we're gonna have to educate them but backgrounds with funny money and you know steve i think i heard you guys talk about them on some podcast, you know, one of your episodes or multiple episodes, um, you're obviously in Pennsylvania there, funny money down in Baltimore, Maryland area. But this is for those of you that don't know, this is Steve Whiteman's post kick. 
Kicks side project. I mean, it's really a band. I, I don't know if I want to call it a side project. It, it was a it was a band. They put out four four studio albums and one one live album over the course of their their history. But how did you get into them, or how did you get exposed to them, Steve? Well, when when this came out in two thousand, uh, like I think nineteen ninety nine was the first album, and Kick Kicks kind of they didn't you didn't really hear that they broke up they just kind of went away you know it was kind of kind of like twisted sister how they were you know out there and like their last album was 1995 show business and that like like i don't know a lot of even kicks fans like have no idea about that album right so they just kind of went away and then they didn't record again until 2014 so you know internet was going good then so um you know, like my, it, what the internet started like ninety five, something like that. So yeah. you know, you, you were able to get some news online. So you kind of, you know, uh, I don't know if like what what the what the site was at the time, but it was like kind of like a blabbermouth uh, yeah. metal sludge kind of thing. That yep. you know, you see Steve Whiteman starts a new band, and um, and they're, you know, we're only I'm we're three and a half four hours from Baltimore. So and when Kicks was riding high, you know. They open for everybody here. They're probably the band that I've seen the most out of any band, like any major band, and probably close to like 40 times because they open for everybody and they play like one-off shows here and there. So when, you know, we heard, you know, because we hadn't heard anything from Kicks a long time, then you hear, you know, Steve Whiteman has a new band called Funny Money. And like, uh, you know, we were all over it. Uh, unfortunately, I never, I never got to see them. They never like came up close to here and that was in the time too my you know uh it's a lot easier now my kids were really young then and i mean i know you can you can sympathize with that it's it's tough to uh you know go to as many shows back then as as you can now so like we never got to see them but like we had when all the albums came out they had the live one come out and uh there and this was enjoyable like i hadn't listened to funny money in a while we did mention them we did a kicks episode uh Late last year, I think we did, and uh, we had Joe Casero on, and we talked about uh, kicks, and I think we did, you know, talk a little bit about Funny Money, but it was really cool to, I hadn't listened to these albums in years, and you hit me up with that, and I'm like, oh, absolutely, because yeah. I, I I busted out the CDs, and I listened to the CDs, but I mean, I you know, they're all on streaming too, so it's a yeah. little easier yeah. taking your phone and stuff, but uh, we were always we were always all over them, and, and right now, really... Uh, three fifths of kicks was in the last incarnation of funny money. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But you were, you were on board kind of real time with them. Yeah. Right. Okay. okay. Yeah. We had that right when it came out. Okay. First one. Okay. Okay. So yeah. So I moved just as a recap, I moved out to Baltimore in 2001, spring of 2001. And obviously knew that kicks was from out there, but my, you know, my kicks, background even at that point was was blow my fuse and hot wire i'm one of those i'm one of those fans steve i don't think i even knew show business had come out <laughs> oh, really <laughs> to, be, to yeah. be honest with you it would, i mean we, it just was nowhere you know obviously i wasn't on mtv you know there wasn't any radio stuff so it was under the radar for me big time i move out to baltimore so i start to kind of dabble in some of the older kick stuff i think i was in a record store and i they were playing the first album and i heard 
heartache, I think. And I, th- I, I, I didn't know what it was. I, it sounded familiar. The vocals sounded familiar. I asked the guy behind the counter and he's like, yeah, it's, it's the first Kicks album. So I went back, obviously got the self-titled, the uh, Cool Kids and, and Midnight Dynamite. And then got show business as well. And then somebody, I don't even know, it might have been somebody at work had mentioned, hey, you know, Steve Whiteman, he, you know, he lives here. He gives vocal lessons still. I think that was kind of his his thing. I'm not sure if that was his, his primary job, if he was doing that on the side. But they were saying, yeah, he's, he's put together a solo band and, and they're called Funny Money. You should check them out. So in 2003, three bought skin to skin because i think that had just come out at that at that point in time and kind of went backwards back again probably got the debut and then and then got the the live album and then this show popped up on my radar i had not been to the record theater we were living in columbia maryland uh right on 95 there between dc and in Baltimore, so that's you know north side of Baltimore is where Towson is, and this this record theater had never been there, and you know it was like, hey, I'm I'm gonna go check that out. So just kind of leading up to the leading up to the show, but my I loved the funny money stuff. I mean, you know, kicks at least the blow my fuse, midnight dynamite, hot wire has that ACDC flair right i mean it's acdc riffs and that type of stuff if i were to describe funny money kind of as a collective i i think i i mean there's a little acdc in there but i think there's almost more aerosmith in there than acdc that's just my i don't know what your thoughts if you were to describe them yeah it has a little um i won't say poppier feel than Mm -hmm. than kicks but I mean, there's definitely elements there. I mean, you you know that uh, you know this is this is the guy that's in Kicks, like you know, vocally right off the bat. But, sure. And and it's weird too because uh, if you look at at all the Kicks albums, the like the classic ones from the, the first one to even Show Business, most of the material is written by Donnie Purnell, combination of him and someone else. Yep. And I don't know if if Steve Whiteman had these songs banked or what, but they're they're good you know they a lot of these could have fit on a kicks album very easily uh you know and it does have more of a more of a classic rock feel than a uh you know more like a i don't know i don't want to say i want to say like a mix between like bad company and yeah um, like like maybe older acdc maybe sure but you get you get that little that little flair in there mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely actually it was funny some somebody that i worked with what you know was a big rock you know hard rock fan and and i remember them telling me that the the first funny money album a lot of local people wished that's what they would have put out instead of show business (laughs) like that was a thing i think you know at the time the the debut funny money album came out they were like oh wish this would have been the last kicks album or you know uh, absolutely that's that was a that was a comment i remember uh, hearing uh, from some, it kind of it kind of seems more the direction of like uh, Hot Wire. It seemed like Funny Money album would have been a, a better next progression than, yeah. than Show Business was. Yeah. I mean, Show Business isn't bad. It's not bad, but it's like totally under the radar for everybody. It's like uh, yep. they we saw them at Penn's Peak once, and they did. Uh, I think they did Fireballs. I think okay. from 
yeah show business and everybody was like looking at each other you know me and bc are like yeah right and everyone's like what what is this I, yeah, is this an unreleased this acdc song yeah. or whatever yeah. <laughs> so and it was totally uh you know like under the radar for people we were we were ecstatic that they actually played something from it but like yeah. people were just like kind of looking at each other like what is this yeah 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 so this this record theater show was the first time that, that I saw him in probably over a six month period. I, I saw him probably a half dozen times and a variety of different venues. I almost want to say six different venues, <laughs> but I have, it, it was more of a cover charge type thing. This one, I actually have a ticket for the other ones. It, it, they weren't, they weren't really pre-purchased tickets. So I don't have, <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't have a record. Uh, you got the hand stamp instead. I got the hand stamp and and all of that stuff. So, which was interesting that this, you know, this was probably the biggest place. Well, maybe the second biggest place that I saw him in, and it happened to be my my first uh, my first show. Now, this is kind of odd, but I wasn't really sure what to expect. You know, I, I heard that he had put together this this solo band, and they played you know, bars around. And again, this, this was actually a, a theater, but in my head, Steve, I, I was thinking that I was going to go in and see some, you know, B level musicians backing him up. And, you know, they were just going to be going through songs and it wasn't going to be loud. And it was, I don't, I don't know why I thought that. And I was absolutely <laughs> blown away i hadn't seen kicks we i was supposed to see kicks i hadn't seen kicks at that point i was supposed to see them open for somebody shoot and i i can't remember can't even remember who it was and they and they dropped off uh for for some reason so i hadn't seen kicks before so i again i didn't really know i didn't have a point of reference at all but i was blown away by his by his backing band and i mean it was i mean they're all pros <laughs> you know and it just was it was amazing it kind of reminds me of the the 94 ace show i saw in a club in des moines same thing kind of leading up to that i was thinking you know they'll have a half marshall stack and you know it's not going to be a i mean it was deafening loud in that in that club and you know i, I just hadn't really grown up going to a lot of club shows, you know, in, in Nebraska, uh, and even going to school in Iowa. So didn't have a ton of exposure to it or what, what that would be like. So I was pleasantly, <laughs> pleasantly surprised. Now, I think I mentioned this to you too, finding set lists for some of this stuff, you know, when it's not mainstream stuff can be a little tricky. So I actually reached out to Mark Shanker on Facebook, the bass player, oh, the bass player of Funny Money at this point, and and now he's the bass player of uh, of Kicks, and it was it was funny. I said, hey, you know, I kind of gave him my my story and that I you know lived out there and saw him a bunch of times and you know was looking for looking for set list, and he said, unfortunately, here I'm looking this up real quick. Sorry, man, we don't have any funny money stuff laying around. Got rid of that stuff ages ago, <laughs> oh. <laughs> which, which, you know, I mean, he's, he's the producer, you know, of the last right. couple albums. I, I really thought 
that I was like, oh, I'll, he'll have he'll have something. And and, uh, you know, I said, thanks for the response. No worries. I told him that I was hosting a, a podcast and concert chronology was coming up on Funny Money. I said, I do remember you started with just one dance. And I said, which was awesome. And he responded, yeah, great song. Thanks. <laughs> so so I, I, I know the first song and I know I know they closed with Blow My Fuse. But kind of going back, there, there is some YouTube footage of a show at Jack's nightclub uh, over there in Springfield, uh, Virginia, right outside of DC. So mm-hmm. I kind of, and I, I know some of the kick stuff that they did. So here, Steve, here's, here's my guess of a 15, yeah. 16 song set list. So just one dance, which I know they played. Funny Money. I know they always did the itch when I, whenever I saw them. I'm Your Whore. Same Jane was in there off of uh, Hotwire. You rub me the right way. Art of Persuasion. I remember them doing Get It While It's Hot. Uh, Mighty Mouth. Pick Me Up. Girl Money. They always did Girl Money when I saw them. Bump and Grind. Don't Close Your Eyes. He didn't always do it, but I I remember them doing it uh, at that first show. Horny Little Angel. Cold Blood. And then Blow My Fuse. They, They seem to always end with Blow My Fuse when I when I remembered seeing them. So out of that kind of, you know, hodgepodge set list, you know, two songs from the self-titled, two from Back Again, four from Skin to Skin, and then eight kick songs, which eight and eight. And that's a lot of times that's about what the it's a balance ratio it was. You know, he was trying to cater because kicks was obviously defunct and, and was trying to cater to those fans. But to be honest, I was such a fan of the funny money stuff. I mean, I liked hearing the kick stuff, but I wanted to hear almost more funny money stuff. And then the lineup I saw, like you said, you know, three fifths of them are in kicks now. So Steve Whiteman, obviously vocals. Dean Kramer is the blonde haired guy. I mean, he he was so animated and a total rock star. And I, I think he's done some other stuff and I just have not had the time or made the time to kind of go back and look into that a little bit more. Rob Galpin was the other guitar player, Mark Shanker on bass, and then Jimmy Chalfant on drums. And I think Jimmy had just joined him, you know, maybe in 2003, you know, started started doing stuff again uh, with Steve. So, I mean, that was a that was a solid, solid lineup. And like I said, I my expectations were kind of low, <laughs> but I it still it it was amazing and the record theater is inter- it's a long narrow you know it was probably an old movie theater back in the day it ripped out all the all the seats and and uh i saw one other show there which will come up here in two or three weeks uh on the podcast but uh it, it i mean it was a cool place i mean i was right up front and i was entertained big time <laughs> it was it was good did you ever know anybody that had gone and seen them no it 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 seemed really seems like that they didn't leave that baltimore area they stayed in maryland yeah hagerstown and they yeah i'd say the the furthest north they probably played there were a couple clubs and actually there still are a couple clubs in the uh, york and harrisburg pennsylvania area i would say that's probably the closest that they came up here yeah and but uh getting back to what you said you know you didn't have high expectations 
they're the best shows when you go in you're thinking okay i'm gonna go just check it out it'll probably be okay and then you're like oh my god that was awesome they are they are the best shows to to see you're you're right you're right and for you have not seen kicks before uh what what did you think of his uh his stage presence oh god yeah just off the charts yeah amazing amazing he yeah he wore that uh the belt, which he, you know, with all the harmonicas in it mm-hmm. <laughs> and stuff. So, I mean, yeah, he was great, great banter uh, in between songs. And, and yeah, again, like I said, they, they didn't just, I, again, why I thought this, they didn't just stand still, you know, and play the songs like a, you know, a bar band would, <laughs> would do. They were running all over the stage. They had little, uh, I think the guitar players each had like a platform, and I feel like when they got up on it, somebody else, who else? Cheap Trick does that, I think, don't they? And it lights mm-hmm. like shine up on them. Yep. They, they had stuff like that. They were engaging with the crowd, you know, pointing. You got to a people show. And it, I got a show. Yeah. It stuck with me. I mean, that's, uh, what, 18 years ago. And it's one show that is really stuck with me. And of course, at that point, too, and this will come up shortly on the podcast, but, uh, you know, rumors of a, of the kicks, you know, reunion, uh, were kind of bouncing around there in the, the summer mm-hmm. and of 2004. And, and, uh, I finally did get to see them. So stay tuned for that episode. So now moving on to the band on the bill spotlight. So, like I said, I, I saw them probably a half dozen times, but this is the only episode I'm going to do <laughs> on them with regards to, you know, set lists or, you know, or difficult to obtain. So one episode on them, so what's the what's the best way to kind of recap their entire discography? So I thought, hey, they got four albums. Let's create a Funny Money Best Of compilation made up from those four albums with just a couple parameters, Steve. Just a few rules uh, in here to try to make it maybe a little bit more interesting. So 16 songs must have at least three songs from each of the four albums. Put the songs in sequence. And then name the compilation. So I know you guys, I just listened uh, to your Kiss episode, Steve, and you guys talk about the album covers, which very creative. There's some, <laughs> you guys had some creative stuff on there. Yeah. It was fun to listen to, but you didn't have to come up with an album cover for, for this one. So real quick, studio albums to draw from the debut. And I, I've actually got 98. That's on the back of my CD, Steve, is copyright 98. Okay. Uh, produced by Bill Andrews uh, or Billy Andrews and that lineup, Steve Whiteman, Billy Andrews, Ned Maloney, Dean Kramer, aforementioned Dean Kramer and Jeff Burrell on drums. And I found this interesting, Steve. So I've got all, all of the CDs hard copy. I don't know if you, do you have some of them or I have the, I have the first two in the live one. Okay. Um, I, okay. I don't have uh, stick it in skin, skin to skin. skin. Gotcha. Okay. But it lists white men lead vocals and harp, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I, I'm not positive what song that I didn't even know he played harp. Well, no, that's, that's the, uh, what they call the song? harmonica, the mouth harp. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I never knew that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, second album. Back Again, released in 99, and Steve Whiteman, Billy Andrews, Ned Maloney, Dean Kramer, and Jeff Burrell, so the same lineup, and actually they added a uh, saxophone to Whiteman 
<laughs> I think he plays, he probably plays a ton of different uh, instruments. Um, skin to skin was the third one, 2003 produced by Mark Shanker. And here's the lineup change. So obviously Steve Whiteman, Dean Kramer, Mark Shanker entered the picture, Louis Coppola and Sam Stillwell are on here, but there were special appearances by Ronnie Youngkins, Jimmy Chalfant and Rob Galpin, who was in the band when I saw them and then stick it released in 2006. And this is just Whiteman, Mark Shanker, Rob Galpin, and Jimmy Chalfant. So just a four-piece listed in the credits for that. So since Funny Money is more of an obscure band, when we go through these best ofs, we're going to play some full tracks for everyone to give you an idea of what Funny Money is all about. Steve, let's, uh, so 16 songs, let's, uh, let's go two at a time. And if you want to start us off, Okay, go for it. Um, do you want the you want the album title first? Or? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, my my compilation is called Funny Money, sixteen counterfeit bills. <laughs> nice. nice. So uh, I, like I thought I could throw the you know the amount of songs in there and uh, stick with the the Funny Money theme for uh, nice. For, I like for it. the album. Which I like uh, it. Uh, it, it, and it, it it came to me instantly. I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm like, oh, that's okay. I was it was like the first thing I first thing I did. Yep. I opened up with. Uh, I had to open up with the uh, the, the band name, the, the song Funny Money from Back Again.
I, I don't know how this was not the opening song on the first album. I mean, it, it, you know, obviously it may not have been written, but at least it could have been the first song on the second album. So it was like the second song on the first on the second album. Yeah. Yep. Um, hard rocker, uh, very kicks like rift. Uh, and I'm so glad that the band name song was like a rocker. Uh, I didn't want it to be like a like a mid tempo like oh like guys like come on but I like good good rocker um, excellent bridge right before the solo the solo's got like a it's not like a shredding thing it's like a rock and roll type solo that I really I really thought was good um, goes right back to the chorus fun uh, fun rocking song and the uh, the lead playing you don't get it for the main solo of the song, but he rips it up playing the song out. It's just a, a, a great start to, uh, to my album. Yes. yes. Um, next song I go to from skin to skin, sharp as knives, great heavy riff. I like the one, two, you know, bang, bang, two good heavy songs right off this, off the thing. And it, but it's like, kind of like a, like a heavy funky kind of feel. And I like, uh, there's a lot of times where I like Steve Whiteman's, uh, the cadence of his vocals, um, and if you listen to our podcast, I'm a sucker for the hey, hey, hey's and songs. You get them in there. Background vocals are great. Some really good leads under the, the vocals towards the end. Just another a, a good one. I like to get that one-two punch in, in, in an album. Nice. Nice. I like it. I like it. You're going to gonna hear a little bit more about the, um, the band name song here in a couple of seconds. So my album... I decided to call it so funny money artificial hits. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so same idea though. Wanted to play yeah. off of the funny money yeah. thing. And if I, you know, listening to you guys' episode, I just started thinking, yeah, what would my album cover? Yeah, it'd be just a collage maybe of the the four album covers. You know, but somehow, you know, it, but... it's weird that they never capitalized on that. They never really did, other than you know, the it, song, because the song right. was kind of yeah, I, which which know? was kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Do a do a dollar bill with Steve Whiteman's head on it or something would have been cool. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of times, best ofs go in chronological order, right? I mean, we've we've seen them. Yeah, they take three or four songs from album one, and then they they go that way. So I decided to kind of use that, but I'm going, I'm I'm alternating, so I'm basically going taking something from the first album and then taking something from the second, and third, fourth, and then starting over is my is my track sequence. So I am starting with the first song off of the first album. So off my rocker, just a total jam, great opening power chords, kind of into a, here's my Aerosmith uh, tie-in. I feel like some of these riffs have a real Aerosmith feel to them. And I during the verses, I love how Whiteman, he does this a lot, during during the funny money uh, era and, and albums, but he holds those notes at the end of the verse lines, which really reminds me of, of uh, the stuff that Steven Tyler uh, does. Pre-chorus, uh, she's so good, she's so bad, you know, and she knocks me off my rocker. Just a just a great great song, and I, you know, you can tell. I mean, Whiteman, he's talking in between the song. He's got a great sense of humor. And some of the lyrics, you know, verse two, she can't cook, she can't sew. No, it ain't the dough that makes me rise. <laughs> Small town boy, big time girl says it's in the motion, not in the size. You know, it's just that type of stuff. Is I, I bet Gene wishes he could have 
Oh yeah. <laughs> Gene Simmons wishes he could have written some of those. So in song two, you talked about it, the, the song Funny Money. The first 15 seconds of that song had me hook, line, and sinker. Like you said, that riff. And when he screams in the delay that just goes on and on and on forever. I, I talk about it all the time on, on my podcast. I'm a sucker for vocal delay. Um, and that just grabbed me right away, right away. Love that. Love that song, the call and response, you know, kind of with the, the chorus and the, the backing vocals. And like you said, you know, they didn't really play off of the the name too much. I mean, the lyrics of this this song are pretty funny, you know, talking about selling millions of records, sold out shows, something, something, something went up my nose, you know, and, <laughs> and that type of stuff. But just great, great, great song, great, great rocker, upbeat song and, and great song to to see live and can remember really really loving that one so those are my first two all right cool uh, great great picks um you you may hear uh that other song somewhere down the road too uh, next i went with um the art of persuasion from the self-titled first self-titled album
After the first two rockers, it kicks down just a little bit, uh, like well, more of a like a little upper mid-tempo song. Uh, Steve's got great vocals. Uh, the guitar sound is, is a little different on this one, which I really liked. And uh, very cool pre-chorus, and the, the chorus is very, very catchy. I've been singing this song for like a week, and, and I would be literally listening to something for our podcast, and then this chorus would just pop into my head, and I'm like... You know, I mean, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but um, just a fantastic core, very memorable chorus in that song. Uh, track number four, I do Horny Little Angel from Back Again. I, I really like the feel of this one. It's got some groove and some swing to it. Steve Whiteman's vocals are, are really good. And he puts a little extra whine into the vocals on, on this song that I thought was really cool. Uh, once again, you're going to hear this a lot. The chorus is fantastic. And uh, the solo break is, is really good as well in this one. Uh, just a solid song. Very good. Very good. Yeah, I'm liking this already so far, Steve. I, I, again, I, this is going to be a testament to how good I think the funny, you know, some of the funny money stuff mm -hmm. is because we've we've got some similarities, but I think you know, I can already tell we've got some differences, which right. is which is very, very telling. So Next up, I went with the title cut from the Skin to Skin album. Again, totally different. You know, like you were like you were just saying, kind of a uh, you know different feel with with uh, uh, your your last couple of picks there. So Chal uh, Jimmy Chalfant's actually on the drums uh, mm -hmm. with this. He wasn't on the the whole album. Cool riff and groove, you know, is what I've got. Lead guitar melody in there again. Holds the notes on skin, you know, as he's going through the verse. Um, Pre-chorus is good, and then a lot going on in, in the in the chorus. You know, there's there's vocal lines, there's Oz going on here and there. Just great Whiteman interjections uh, in there. It's just very very cool song and, and just something different. I can remember that that was the first album I obtained. Um, Steve, so you know, kind of going through bad luck and um, trying to think of skin to skin shows up. Well, yeah, do you wanna? And then skin to skin's a third song. I mean, it's it's different. It's different, but it uh, it always uh, always resonated with me. And then going on to uh, the album Stick It, I went with track two, Hot on Your Heels. Great riff, verse and pre-chorus. Um, chorus vocal melody kind of follows the riff which i'm not always a huge <laughs> fan of i kind of want the the underlying riff doing maybe something a little bit different it seems to me it it uh and again i'm not a musician but it, it seems kind of lazy to me when the 
when the vocal melody follows the riff to a to a T, but it works. It works for me here. And then there's just a great bridge that just kind of takes a left turn. Every time you think of someone else, all you do is dream about me. Surprise, it takes more than this heartbreak to set you free. And it, that that pops up again at the at the end. But just a just a great uh, great song, track two from Stick It. So those are my three and four. Yeah, and it, and it's I like how you you mentioned the, uh, the the vocal cadence going with the the, the music. Yeah, um, that's that's a lot of Sabbath stuff. Oh gosh, yes, the old, old you know classic Sabbath stuff. That's yeah. there's a lot a lot of that going on yeah. there. Which, it works. You know, it works. It, it works. Yeah, it, it does. <laughs> and and sometimes it doesn't. You know, but I, I think here it, it does as well. Yeah. And another thing you brought up, I I really like the overall production on all of these albums uh, because there were some. Uh, Back, back then you were getting those those what they call the, the brick wall sound and that, yeah. that crazy uh you know reverb and everything on there you didn't get that with this you got kind yeah. of a uh you know the late 80s early 90s type of production on these albums and i thought it was really good and you know they they pretty much stayed true to themselves production wise i think and that was yes. really cool yes um my next two songs i go with uh do you wanna from skin to skin Nice. Uh, good, what I call good foot stopper. Uh, another one got a very kicks like feel to it. Um, I like the layered vocals in this one. Uh, the production is great. His vocal cadence, once again, is really cool in this one. And uh, really cool harp harmonica solo in this one. Yes. Um, to start the to start right before the guitar solo that is um, that is really good. Um, but they're they're both really good. I, I think really good song. Uh, next, I go to Monkey See, Monkey Do from the self-title album. Uh, another song that has a sort of a little swing to it, uh, like uh, Monkey Swinging, I guess. I don't know if, it, if that just like <laughs> literally just popped into my head, uh, you know, thinking about that song. Once again, more layered vocals. The drums are really good on this song. I, I think they, they have kind of a standout feel on this one. Uh, great background vocals. This song has the best guitar solo on the debut album. It just absolutely kills this and absolutely fantastic um and there's some really good leads at the end going out of the song as well just a a, a fun song and and there's there's certain songs and there's one that i have down further that and you know you mentioned some of the the lyrics and stuff uh that only steve whiteman could really get away with right um and there's one coming up and i'm like hey, this is the only guy on the face of the earth that could sing this song well so. yeah so even with monkey see monkey do yeah, I mean, what did what did you think of all the you know he's all of his interjections of you know chimpanzee monkey monkey yeah you yeah know, all that stuff. I mean, only he can do that. Right. Yeah, you're you're not going to hear uh, you know you're not going to hear that in a Judas Priest song or you know Iron Maiden. You're not going to well you'll you'll hear in the one Iron Maiden song you do hear that um, yes. climb like a monkey. But yeah, um, yeah, people hate people hated that one. Right. You know, a lot of people just hated that. Right. But. Uh, Steve yeah. Whiteman, you, you have no problem. It totally fits in with what he does. He can get away with it. That's right. That's right. Okay. So back to so my five and six. So I'm going back to the, the self-titled album. And so I'm going, I, this is my only mellower. I mean, it's not, it's not a, a ballad, but baby blues from, from, uh, from the first album track four there again you've got the arpeggiated chords kind of throughout great verse melody uh pre-chorus is good chorus you know on the the o um there's delay 
you know, and the, yeah, there's delay on there. So, oh, are you shaking in your shoes? Look dazed and confused. Yeah, some things you just can't hide. What be, what's behind those baby blues right now? And just just love the song. Cool underlying uh, chugging riff. Great melodic solo in there. And then the song ends, you know, with him saying what's behind those baby blues right now and just absolutely screams it. And the, the aforementioned delay in there, which I, uh, I'm a sucker for. So then moving to the Back Again album, I'm going with Sloppy Kisses and great riff, harmonica intro. So there's, there's the harmonica uh, for you. Verse, delay on every line. Love, love the way the verse is, is set up. Great, great vocal melody that does she, does she love me, love me not. She doesn't kiss and tell line, you know, and then the kind of the call and response. Don't you cover me with sloppy kisses uh, is is great. And, you know, there's even some hand claps in there. I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of hand claps um, as well. So that is, oh, one thing I did note. I mean, he's got a lisp and it, it it's really prominent <laughs> in this song. I think, you know, he was able to, and I don't know if they, you know, did something during the kicks out, you know, you didn't hear it. It didn't come out. I don't think that much in some of the kick stuff. So again, you see him live, you can, you can hear it, but this song, I, I made a specific note again, it doesn't bother me, but it just stood out for whatever reason on this, uh, on this song. Maybe it was the, maybe it was all the S's, um, sloppy kisses. Well, and you're, you're just, you're not used to hearing it. You know what I mean? You know, it, it, you know, when you get something that's prominent like that in a song you don't hear yeah. it on anything else it's like it just it, it does kind of stick out for you yeah yeah and it, you know i wish you know the old judas priest albums where they'd say lead break tipton lead break downing i, I, I love I, when they do that i swear these guys are trading off they have to be mm -hmm. trading off in some of these and i wish yep. i wish i knew a little bit more there was a little bit more information on it because i it, it sounds like they're trading off from time to time but i I'd like to know that for sure. So that's my five and six. Yeah, good picks. Baby Blues. That one's got a little poppy feel to it for it me. It does. Yep. It, it does. Um, you know, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Um, yep. Good, good, good picks, though. I, I, and there's, there was, I just, you know, spoiler, nothing that I hated on any of these. You know, yeah. there's uh, nothing yeah. I'm going to crap all over. But, yep. uh, you know, yep. obviously, I, you know, I have my songs picked. So um, I'll go into my next two. Yep. Um, one of the songs that you saw live, uh, I'm Your Whore from Skin yes. to Skin. Um, I like that it's got like a kind of a chaotic beginning and then boom, um, off you go hard to a hard rocking start. Uh, some cool harmonica in the beginning there, leading right up to the verse. Uh, fantastic pre-chorus. Uh, very understated background vocals on this one, though. They're, they're kind of, you get the, the, the pre-chorus is kind of up and then you get the, uh, the, the chorus itself is like kind of low. It's got a good feel to it. And this one, and you just mentioned, it, it's got a great back and forth solo, great dual uh, back and forth on the solos. Then uh, there's like sort of a breakdown towards the end there that is kind of cool. Get and then then it goes right back into it, um, and more harmonic at the at the at the back part of it, and it um, and then it it feeds. Uh, you got that that feedback at the end too that you kind of got in the beginning as well. So kind of fades out like it kind of fades in. Um, then I go to nowhere at all from the stick it album uh good groovy feel to it uh fun another fun head bobber 
Uh, really cool solo section. There's a little talk box uh, here and there that, and, and I am a sucker for a talk box. Absolutely love it. Um, the solo is really good. Uh, another kind of a breakdown. It's got like a, a calypso feel to it, yeah. like a steel drum that you kind of get for. Um, is it is it always somewhere in the score on Scorpions Love Drive? Uh, maybe I think you get so. That kind of yeah. uh, reggae Caribbean kind of feel to it that was was weird but but it was fun it was like uh, unexpected and you're like oh that was that was kind of cool so uh there's my next two nice nice yeah great well great picks you're gonna hear about both those songs (laughs) (laughs) a little bit later when i uh when i get to them so yeah we're we're uh we're we're starting to see a few duplicates but that's again this is i think this will be great for you people that aren't familiar with them, you know, we can, I'll, I'll, I'll post this stuff. And obviously when people listen, they can, uh, you know, go back and, and listen to, uh, to some of our picks. Okay. So now I am going to the skin to skin album and I'm going with the song they kicked off my show with. So just one dance. And again, this is one of those songs, Steve, and I'm sure this has happened to you before. I was not a huge fan of it until I saw it live. <laughs> And I mean, you know, they, that heartbeat, it's only, you know, it's drums, but it's like mm-hmm. a heartbeat intro and then just kicks in and it's just a driving riff. And I mean, his vocal and it, again, being the first thing that I saw and I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm picturing it right now, Steve, I can remember that drum intro heartbeat thing was going on. Strobe lights were going, the whole band was facing uh, the back line basically you could just see their kind of silhouettes. And as soon as he turned around to sing, everybody turned around, lights came on. Oh, I mean, it was, it gives me chills right now as I'm, as I'm talking about it. It was so, so cool. So yeah, I, that guitar picking part at the beginning, great verse melody. Again, not a lot of space in there, which I like like some space in the, in the, in my riffs, but when it's a driving upbeat one like this, it's, it's great. And, you know, just one heart, just one dance. And then the music stops. Um, you know, when we get together, just one dance, everything stops. You know, we can, uh, or why can't it last forever? Just a, just a great, great rocker. And next up for me from the Stick It album, I'm going with Crush.
Um, great. Well, interesting kind of sound effects at the beginning. You, know, you can hear Whiteman. I think he's singing it's kind of some of the verses in the background, or, and maybe it's from a different song. I, I can't totally make that out, but then it, the song kicks in lots of space uh, in that riff, which is great. And then what that, <laughs> the bass line, and I don't know if that's a bass, like a synth uh, sound, or I, I don't know if that's a, like a bass synth sound that he, he does in there and chorus. Great gang chorus crush and, and great Steve Whiteman interjections in there. And then it seemed, I, I haven't mentioned this on all of the other songs, but it seems like when they get into verse two, there's guitar fills in their verse twos of a lot of their songs. And, and the same thing, there's a great lead fill actually before verse two of Crush, but great, great song from the most recent album. Yes. Um, just, just one dance. That one, that one, I, I, I have to, I got to listen to that one a couple more times. Cause I don't, uh, that one wasn't a standout for me, but, and, and you're absolutely right. There are certain songs that you hear on an album. You're like, sorry, dog, you know, and then you see it live. You're like, Oh my God. And, and my main thing with that is I used to hate the song, the evil that men do from Iron Maiden used to absolutely hate it until I saw it live. Yeah. Now it's, you yeah. know, you know, top 15, top 20 Iron Maiden songs for me. I absolutely love it. I used to, I used to despise that song. Yeah. Even watching it on like live videos, I hated it. But <laughs> you get that one song and, and you, you're like, eh, on it. And you see it live and it just totally, it totally changes it. And, and like you said, you could visualize exactly, you know, what took place and how that, how yep. it came about. So yep. that's, that's, I'm going to have to check that one out a little more. Yeah. And uh, Crush, you'll hear about that one in a little while. Yep. Yep. All right. Next two, Steve. All right, um, I went back to the Back Again album for Damage Control.
single guitar riff that starts, then it goes into like a, the, that weird vocal effect for yeah. uh, damage control. And I, I like that. I like when you get the, you know, the, the, the chorus, like at the beginning of the song, I, I do, I do like that. Um, then he, but then he goes like right into the verse. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's got a good feel. They keep up that effect for the, for the verse throughout the whole song. Uh, really good lead fills. Like you said, b- between the verses and the chorus, uh, another harmonica solo that breaks into a, a little talk box again, and then back to the harmonica, which I, I like the, I love back and forth stuff, especially when it's like harmonica and guitar. Yes. You get that total different feel for it. Fantastic song. I love the chorus. Um, I, I love the, the, the harmonica plays out at the end. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, next one. And this is the song I was talking about before that only Steve Whiteman can sing boogeyman lyrically insane. Just like, uh, you know, and I literally have written out here totally stupid lyrics, but this song rocks. It, it really does. Um, another one with a cool back and forth between the harmonic and the guitar. Just an uh, excellent song for me. Yes. Nice. Nice uh, selections. Yeah. Damage control kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, the first time I heard Miracle Man. I wasn't sure what to right. do with that voice. Right. And it, it was with this song, too. Yeah. I think initially, you, you know, you're just caught off guard, I think, with it. But then as the years went on, I yeah totally uh, it's it's unique it's something mm-hmm. it's something a little bit something a little bit different so all right for me i'm going back to the debut and i chose pick me up
this song, this might be, well, it's one of my favorite songs by him. And Paul muting, chugging riff, great mm-hmm. groove, verse, harmonies in there, pre-chorus, always hold me, squeeze me, knows just how to please me. She's the coffee in my cup. <laughs> I just love, <laughs> I just love that, that lyric. Uh, can't deny those big blue eyes, both her arms held way up high. And then the chorus, again, it's got delay. You know, she's my little pick me up. And it, he's kind of, he's going up, he's going down, you know, in the, uh, in, in the way that he's singing it. And just, just love it. Verse two, something about her being passed around all over town, which was a, a funny, funny lyric. And then the outro, again, he's just repeating She's my little pick me up, but yeah. it, it's almost chaotic with the delay. But I, I love it. It, uh, it just does, it just does something for me. And then next up, I am going with "Horny Little Angel," which you, which you talked about uh, previously as well. Again, cool intro into a great riff, upbeat, kind of a, a summer of '69 riff feel to me and of course i i also wrote first kiss by kid rock because that first kiss basically copied <laughs> summer of 69 but i right. wrote both of those down as as what it sounded like to me uh verse great melody again holding those notes you know at the at the end it just it, that just that just does something uh for me chorus sparks they fly horny little devil she's my horny little angel just great great stuff but here was the second pre-chorus, Steve, there's a lyric in there. When we come face to face in a 69 embrace, I'm not face to face. I thought that was the whole point yeah, of, that's, of yeah. the 69. But that's yeah. again, play on words. He, he, yeah. he does that, does it that fit. all the time. It fit, it fit. So, I mean, the song's called Horny Little Angel for crying out loud. So anyway, <laughs> have that in there. yeah, so those are my, those were my uh, nine and 10. Yeah, like you said, Horny Little Angel, I, I talked about that before. Uh, Pick Me Up. Cool song. You know, uh, it, it didn't make my list, but are you familiar with the band Spread Eagle? Uh, Switchblade Serenade? No. Um, there's a song called uh, Switchblade Serenade, and it, okay. uh, I believe it's a, an album title, too. Um, this The guitar sound on this song reminds me a lot of that. Um, maybe not a lot, but it, it's it's just I picked up on it instantly. It's not yeah. through the whole song. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm saying that as a good thing. I mean, yeah. they have some really cool stuff out cool. there. Cool. Uh, kicks up in the middle, uh, right back down. Um, I, I, I like it. Uh, it. It kicks back up at the end. Uh, two good picks. All right. What you got? 11 All and right. 12. Uh, 11 is one of the songs you picked already. Uh, uh, Crush from Stick It. Uh, it's got that weird fade in funky thing. It's got that, <laughs> that, that weird bass synth, whatever, whatever, whatever it is. is. Yeah. Hard yeah. to, to describe, <laughs> but uh, uh, it, it's kind of like, uh, like an 80s pop synth bass feel to it but it i mean it fits the song really good the background vocals are good uh lots of good like foot stomping parts the lead parts are great in it uh but for these guys this one has a different feel to it that bass synth gives it that something different i think it's a a, a standout on that album that is just for its differentness yes. and I, I i really i enjoyed that one then i go back to the debut for uh suck in my blood Good driving tempo. Uh, the guitars have a darker sound on this song, which which I like. And this is another one that gives you that that different feel for these guys. Pre-chorus is great. Um, there's some harmonica 
little accents thrown in here and then here and there and uh there's a really cool harmonica solo on this one this song's aces for me i really enjoy this one nice great great picks well yeah so we both had we both had crush and i guess it uh you're gonna have to wait and see if sucking my blood made it on my uh, my list as well but great great picks so now i am going back to the skin to skin album and going with you rub me the right way
great play on words <laughs> uh, with the with the song title. And actually, I, you know, when we went to that Freedom Fest in Colorado, uh, majority of the Slam Fest crew made it out there. And my part of my pre-gaming theme was to play songs by members of the bands we were going to see in some of their other projects. And this was one that I actually played during that uh, during that pregame. So kind of a tape. Uh, or maybe even a CD. Remember, you could actually rewind CDs. Yeah, <laughs> it made so I can't. Yeah, I can't. Not sure what noise sound effect that is, but it sounds like uh, one of those as it goes into a just a killer, killer riff. And you know, again, I, I, I hear some some Aerosmith in there, but the so the chorus actually kind of reminds me of, and it's not from a melody standpoint, but it's you shook me all night long. You know, because Brian, you got Brian Johnson saying you and then the backing vocals come in. So that's kind of what's happening here. You know, Whiteman says you and then the background vocals, you rub, rub me the right way. Yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, you do that type of stuff. The Kind of the call and response kind of reminds me of uh, of you shook me. But love, love that song. Great guitar fills again in, in verse two. And there's a cool uh cool breakdown in there and of course after he is yelling out you there's delay on his uh, his vocal which like i said i i love so now moving on to stick it so i also chose nowhere at all that steve talked about earlier but so again kind of a basic riff but very very cool great verse melody and delivery in there kind of a lower register Whiteman uh, during the verse, which is, which is cool. And again, you know, it sounds like a kick song <laughs> to, to me. The chorus really does. Um, and you know, the solo has a great, uh, great flange uh, effect in there. And another cool breakdown section. They kind of have a, there's that cool, like a vocal round, you know, where like, they're doing different, right? They're doing different, that. different parts or whatever that, yeah, that's, I guess I, I call it like a, a, a round, but a lot going on in there, but that, to me, that's good songwriting. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when you, when you've got, some people don't like it, you know, it's kind of the Ezrin effect yeah. <laughs> with some of the Kiss albums that people hate all those breakdowns uh, on the Revenge album and, and even stuff that he did on, on Destroyer. But I, to me, I think it's, it's good songwriting. So it's not just, verse chorus verse chorus you get something different thrown in outro there. the chorus right you got yep. you got something that goes in a little bit of different direction but it ties all together so those are my what was that 11 and 12 11 and 12 yeah yeah uh nowhere at all I, I talked about that yeah. one uh, you rubbed me the wrong way that just that just missed my 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 thing really good song and uh, i i do like that and that would that would be one that would be great to see live yeah you know, yeah, I mean, you know, most of the, you know, all these two, but like that's kind of one that I I would really like to to see to see live. So good, good ones. Um, my next two, I went with Pink Glasses from Back Again. This one has a Cinderella feel to me. Um, I feel that uh, the the very first part of this, um, in, until it gets to the pre-chorus, could have been plucked right off of Heartbreak Station. I, I think it's got that that feel to it. Uh, you know, then it you know changes once it gets to the pre-chorus. Um, it's uh, you know like a pretty mid-tempo type song, but I, I think that if they played this one live, it would be a good 
like a, a breather in the set, like a, a good, uh, you know, like a palate cleanser, rocker, 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 throw this in there, kind of settle things down a little bit to just build the momentum back up in the show. I think it would have been uh, like a, a really good song for that to, for them to do that. And the melodic solo is very good and uh, like really good melodic, fantastic solo in it too. Um, next, I go, yeah. I go back to the self-titled for you. You talked about this one before off my rocker. Great booming start. I, I, I wanted to end my album with like boom, boom, boom. So this one, I, uh, especially after the palate cleanser of uh, pink glasses, I wanted to just like get right back in, build the, build the momentum back up. Uh, you get that big, huge pick scrape at the beginning, very kicks like, like a three quarter tempo rocker, uh, great pre-chorus and very catchy chorus. And it's got like, a, and uh, you've probably heard me mention it on, on our podcast before, a great, like, I call it like a takeoff solo. It kind of is like, yeah. you get that feeling like it starts out and then it just builds and, and like, and kind of takes off and, and, and has that kind of solo for me that I, I really, really enjoy that. Nice, nice. Great picks. Obviously, yeah, I head off my rocker, kicking off my album. Pink Glasses just missed my album. Great uh, description uh, of, uh, of Cinderella that uh, it, 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 it does. It does sound like uh, something that could have come off of uh, uh, one of their one of their later albums there. So great, uh, great picks. All right, so I am on 13 and 14 and these songs have both already been mentioned. So Suckin' My Blood from the debut. Just, yeah, like you said, Steve, just a dark. <laughs> I mean, the lyrics are about a vampire. So, I mean, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna be dark, but it's a heavy, it's a heavy song for them. It might be one of the heavier mm-hmm. songs just again, cause it's not, it's not necessarily, it's a chugging, you know, riff. It's not an upbeat song per se. And, but just, yeah, great lyrics. Um, you're smothering me, uncover me and let me catch my breath. I mean, it's almost kind of eerie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but very uh, un-Steve Whiteman like. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But there is, yeah, there is a harm- harmonica breakdown. Uh, I think I had noted after the second chorus, and then ending. Yeah, he just just shrieks. You're sucking my blood, you know, as the as the song ends. But great, great song off of the off of the first album, and then I went with I'm Your Whore, which you talked about as well, and my. My note on I'm Your Whore, it's like, oh, I wonder if that's a, a nod to Cheap Trick. Cheap Trick. <laughs> a little bit with the with the uh, title. But yeah, feedback, soloing, and then serious harmonica going on. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, upbeat and just a, yeah, just a great, great song. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm Your Whore, underlying backing vocals, give me more and more and more call and response again this was a live staple back then and I, they started a lot of shows with this song which would be which would be great um kind of the way i was describing uh right. just one dance right kind of as it uh, as it got started with the feedback and then the lights coming on and harmonica going it would have been it would have been something so and then like you, you mentioned yeah there's more harmonica kind of during the outro there as the as the song comes to a to a close but great uh great song so that's my 13 and 14. all right yeah and like i said uh, i've had both of them before so i'll yeah. move on to my next two yep um i go to the back again album for 
Resurrection, that do 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 do. Yeah, yeah. Love when Steve Whiteman does that stuff. Absolutely great. Does that, then goes right into the first verse. Uh, I love the feel to it. The, the cadence of the verses is fantastic. I love when he does that. Uh, catchy song, lots lots of hooks in there. The background vocals are great. Melodic. Now you get a like a melodic. Uh, I'm sorry, melodic. Um, harmonica solo here and then it goes into just a scorching guitar solo uh with and the tone's different on the the guitar solo on this song too there's different from what you get on the other songs but it's it fits the song it's really good and then there's like a tribal drum breakdown another one of those unexpected kind of things that you get there right after the solo yep. um very cool very unexpected uh fun song and then i go to for my last song i wrap up the album with uh by the balls Bang, 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 just starts right off with uh, and the cool drum fill thrown in there. Uh, good driving feel to it. Uh, Steve Whiteman's vocals are are spot on for this heavy guitar sound. Uh, just a, a, a fun rocking song that I think is a good ender. He's got a cool little spoken word part in there. Um, the solo section is great. You get some awesome back and forth in the guitar solo there. You get more harmonica at the end. Uh, and you even have, uh, which uh, my son Dylan that does the podcast with us, he, he loves the jaunty piano. Yeah. And you, yeah. you get some of the, a little bit of that in there, too. And I think I, I wanted to throw this song on there last because you get a mix of, I think, all the other songs that we that we talked about today. Uh, the, the harmonica, the back and forth guitars, the, uh, the you get a little bit of spoken word in there. Yeah. You know, I, I really I think it was a good good blender song you like you throw all the other songs in the blender and, and this song comes out and i think that's kind of how i wanted to end it where you get a, a flavor of everything that funny money did up to on my album and this is the yeah. culmination of everything yeah nice great uh, great pick so when they were uh hinting about stick it coming out didn't was by the balls something that got released like online do you remember hearing i feel it, like i heard it may that have been it, it's that, it's it, it, been, it very well could have. Yeah, yeah. I, I I couldn't say for sure, but I, yeah. I I wouldn't be surprised if it was. Yeah, great great song. I, again, I, I feel like I, I heard maybe a sample of it or something. Right. That was like the first thing. Maybe that something I heard. that leaked because yeah. was, Napster was even going around then, wasn't it? it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I was again excited. Didn't uh, you know? Since Kicks had gotten back together, kind of in 04, minus Donnie Purnell wasn't sure what was happening you know with with funny money and I, again i know uh, you know they did some shows i want to say in 2012 might be i feel like but maybe that those might have been some of the last shows that funny money has uh, done which is too bad i and my guess is we've seen the end of any funny money <laughs> yeah because mark stuff. didn't seem too interested in talking about them <laughs> exactly exactly but great uh, great picks to end your and your album okay so my last two so play me like a rhythm off of stick it and this is i mean acdc style song riff lots of space in there again you know it sounds sounds like a kick song with the with the call and response uh backing vocals but the kind of the play me like a rhythm it Kind of girls got rhythm, you know. Kind of feels feels yep. like that a little bit, but just uh, just thought that was a, a cool cool song. And then my album is closing with "I Don't Care About Everything," which again is a kind of a weird 
play on words. It, you know, it's, it's a pretty basic and simple song, but I, I thought the song, I, th I think it's fun. And it starts off with the chorus, Steve, if you're a, <laughs> yes, you're, you're a fan. You're a fan of that. And, you know, oh no, hell no. And then the guitar, you know, later on kind of does the melody of the oh no, hell no that he, that he did. And, and then it breaks down. I mean, it's a, it, it's written to be played live, right? There's just a drum breakdown section with the chorus going and guitar fills going on and then kicks back into the main chorus. So I, I kind of got, I got to that point and I said, I'm just going to put a, a fun song on the end. And, and that, uh, that closes out my album. Yeah. Two, uh, two good enders. Uh, I like the, you know, uh, play me like a rhythm, you know, you do get that, you know, girls got rhythm and instantly, as soon as you hear rhythm in a song, that instantly pops in your head. But yep. it does have that, it does have that, that feel to it. And um, I don't care about everything. Very cool. I, I, I like you said, I, I love when the, you get that chorus boom right off the bat. Yep. Fun song, uh, fun ending. And it's, it's, it, I don't know if, if you kept track of what songs we had in common or and which ones, which ones we didn't. But um, I, I like the diversity of our albums. Like we didn't, you know, wasn't you know, song for song, and, and they were not even really even in in the same order at right, all. Right. And you know, neither one of us, you know, for anyone out there listening, we had no idea what the other guy was going to pick going into this. So, yep. Yep. Um, totally blind picking. Yep. Uh, fun. Fun into it. I, I yeah. would. I would listen to either album. Yeah. Definitely. Go through your track listing. Just read off your your songs. Okay. Um, I have Funny Money. Sharp as Knives, Art of Persuasion, Horny Little Angel, Do You Wanna, Monkey See, Monkey Do, I'm Your Whore, Nowhere at All, Damage Control, Boogeyman, Crush, Suck in My Blood, Pink Glasses, Off My Rocker, Resurrection, and By the Balls. Nice, nice. And mine, Off My Rocker, Funny Money, Skin to Skin, Hot on Your Heels, Baby Blues, Sloppy Kisses, Just One Dance, Crush, Pick Me Up, Horny Little Angel, You Rub Me the Right Way, Nowhere at All, Sucking My Blood, I'm Your Whore, Play Me Like a Rhythm, and I Don't Care About Everything. So Steve, I don't know, did you, I didn't necessarily keep track of, did you favor one album over another? I don't know if you noticed that I, at all. I favored, uh, I, I kind of gravitated more towards the first two albums. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, I have five songs from the first one, five songs from the second one, and three from the other two. Yeah, gotcha, um, gotcha. I mean, but there's, you know, I mean, good stuff, but I did gravitate a little more towards the first two albums. Yeah. But I, I think that's because I, I I knew the first two albums better. I had more time with them, and I, uh, you know, I knew of the other two, but I didn't really, uh, you know, back in the day, check them out as much as I had checked out the first two. Yeah, yeah. So I, <laughs> interesting, I had five songs from skin to skin, which was the first album that I got, you know, it's, it's just funny yeah. how that yep. kind of stuff happens. And then I think yep. I had four from the first album, four from stick it and then three from uh, back again. So yeah, this was, that was awesome, Steve. I was, I was just curious because we had yeah. talked about funny money. I was just kind of, you know, you revisiting the albums and yeah, I was curious to see what you were going to, going to go with. And like you said, we had some similarities, but we had some differences as well. So yep. people have a good, uh, overview of, of who funny money is now on to a slam fest tip of the week so you know again for these for these shows that have already happened you know i kind of dig back and try to try to think of some topics to talk about and again talking to steve who's 
who's uh, from the Pennsylvania area, and I know has been to Meriwether Post Pavilion. So obviously when I was living in Columbia, and I talked about it on that Iron Maiden uh, Dio Motorhead show episode, that it was literally five minutes from my house, <laughs> which is just crazy. So uh, I've got another couple of shows coming up uh, from there uh, in the near future, but I know Steve and his and his gang have been uh, frequent attendees of the M3 festival. So when M3 started, Steve, was that your first time to Meriwether? Yeah. And okay. it, it, it couldn't have come at a better time because leading up to that, uh, me and my buddies, we would go to all the kiss expos in the New York, New Jersey ones. And they ended 2008, 2009 was the first M3. Ah, so yes. that kind of just took it, took its place. And I, I had probably driven by your house a bunch of times <laughs> too down there. And um, and kicks is always a staple. They're uh, oh yeah, always a staple there. There's only uh, we we've made every M3 with the exception of last year's because they had it on the Fourth of July, which right. was absolutely ridiculous. Right. But uh, we've been there for everyone since. We have tickets for this year's, and um, kicks has played every single one of them. And they headline the first year was only one day, and Twisted Sister was the was the headliner for that. And kicks played in the afternoon for that one. And then the next year it started uh, having the Friday night, Saturday. Yes. Kicks headlined every Friday night of M3, with the exception of the year the Wasp played. And okay. Because okay. kicks went on then Wasp because Wasp would not go on after someone. Uh, yes. You know, not not have someone go on after them. Yeah. So there was only one year that kicks did not headline the Friday night since they started doing it in 2010. Yeah. Yep. So so what's your what was your initial impression of Meriwether when you went? Do you remember? The yeah, the first year we went there, um, it was aging. You could yeah. tell it was uh, <laughs> a venue that had been there a long time, and they had two. Uh, the first year was just the, the the pavilion with the seats and the lawn. Then the next year they had a second stage up in the parking lot. Yes, um, up up just above where the lawn is, which. And, and that's evolved over the years. And they built the stage down over the hill. And then uh, within the last couple of years, they've totally renovated everything. There's no more second stage. They have a rotating stage now. Okay. So yep. it makes it, M3 is, is tough now. So if you like really like the first, like say like five bands, you want to see them all, you're not leaving your seat for all those bands because you know last start right of, away of, of yeah. the one band and the next one, that's soon as that stage rotates, that other band is starting. And uh, so, like, you could, you know, if you got a good run of bands in a row, you could be at your seat for a long time. Yeah. But it's, they've yeah. done a lot of work there. Um, it actually, uh, a couple of years ago, we had really bad weather. The uh, part of the, uh, it collapsed. Oh, no. Um, they had, they had a lot of damage there. And it, you know, it kind of, you know, made them do renovations. But it's come a long way. They have a big VIP area on the side. They have now, they have luxury boxes up around the top. Um, it, it's come a long way. It's it, yeah. it's it's a really nice facility, and I'll tell you what, man, they're the jerk chicken sandwiches they have there are absolutely fantastic. And I think yeah, the parking lot. I, I mean, it's it uh, it caters to tailgating. Oh yeah, oh we it, oh we've done right? a lot of tailgating. Yeah, yeah. we were on um, that Metal Evolution. Oh yeah, uh, show that came out. Yeah. We got interviewed for that, and we're actually on the we're actually on the DVD from that. Nice. Uh, they, they came and they talked to us for probably ten minutes and filmed everything. I mean, it's only a quick clip that we're yeah. on there, but yeah. you know, 
we've oh we've tailgated many many times and they actually had a they had a death there the one night oh jeez um a guy was partying fell asleep in a in a car backed over him it was, oh, it was actually it was a guy from Pennsylvania oh jeez but um we've uh, we've had many beers in that parking yeah. lot over there yeah isn't it isn't it odd just how that thing is just dropped right in the middle of it's in a town the town center right there's a mall mm-hmm. like right there i mean it's <laughs> And and that's an odd area down there. I thought there's no like you can't drive down the road and you see a sign for Burger King or Walmart or, or whatever. Everything's in these little nooks and these little tree protected yes uh, shopping it's... areas. Like you just like you just there... gotta come account, come upon it and and look and you know okay there's well there's stuff back in there. There's no big signs on the roads. Nothing. Yeah, it's uh, I, I talked about it on the I think the first episode when I moved to Baltimore that that is a planned community and those are villages within and that's the Columbia town mm-hmm. center which is where the mall and where Meriwether's at but yeah I mean there are <laughs> there are rules of how high signs can be I mean it's yeah very very strict real um, nice area though nice, it's, a, yeah. it's a really beautiful, nice area beautiful there. area yep. beautiful area but yeah it's funny when M3 got announced I remember my brother I think probably calling me and saying, hey, have you seen this thing? Because it's, I mean, it's, you know, it's my old neck of the woods, you know? Right. I mean, we, we would know what we were doing and all that. And we, I remember talking about it that first year and something obviously didn't happen. So I have never been to it. And it's it's something that we've talked about doing. So who knows, maybe, maybe sometime in the It's fun, the it, it's a good time. It's a really good time. So now to close this episode out with the which side are you on? So we're going to talk about the self-titled debut. As I mentioned, released in 1998. Don't have a specific <laughs> month and day. Produced by Billy Andrews, which was one of the guitar players and no charting or certifications at all. So, so obviously, Steve, we talked about some of these songs <laughs> that made it to our to our best ofs, but maybe just give kind of an overview of of side one, and I can do that too, and then we can talk about side two, and then make our pick. Okay. Yeah, um, side one's going to be off my rocker, Art of Persuasion, Can't Take the Heat, Baby Blues, and Four Keeps. And uh, when I when I do any kind of reviews, even for our, our podcast and stuff, I, I always put stars next to the songs that I that I like, so I can just pick them out right away. And I have um, I have two right off the bat um, from the first album, Off My Rocker and Art of Persuasion, that made my list. Yep. And um, I mean, there, there's really no slouches on here, but they're the they're the two songs on side one that I really gravitated to. Nice, nice. So yeah, side one for me. So yeah, I picked Off My Rocker and Baby Blues. Um, you know, obviously for my, for my best of, you know, you picked art of persuasion. I, I love the, I love everything about it. And I, I know you, you talked about the the chorus kind of sticking with you. That's, that's probably my least favorite part of the song, which is oh really kind of odd. Yeah. It just, whatever. It just never, uh, never did anything for me. Um, the, uh, can't take the heat. I, I kind of liked everything except for the line, you know, can't take the heat and get out of the kitchen. I don't know. That seemed kind of cheesy. It's too cli- It's way <laughs> too, too cliche. Cliche, right? And then uh, for keeps, you know, there's two kind of mellower songs on here, and and uh, 
uh, I like the other one a little bit better than than this one. So that's that's where I'm at with side one. How about side two? All right, side two, we start off with Boogeyman, then we have Pick Me Up, Suck In My Blood, Monkey See, Monkey Do, and Dry Eyes Cry. And um, Boogeyman, I have three picked for my album on this one, Boogeyman, Suck In My Blood, and Monkey See, Monkey Do. Yep. Uh, Pick Me Up's pretty good, Dry Eyes Cry. Mm, that's one I could kind of live without. <laughs> gotcha. Yep, so side two, I had I had Pick Me Up and Suck In My Blood on my album. You had Boogeyman and... And monkey see monkey do right on your on and your suck in my blood yeah um yep. great i mean that yeah i mean the, the first four songs on that side are are solid like i said four keeps the ballad on on side one again dry eyes cry it's mellow but i i don't uh i guess i don't put it in the same category as for keeps i think for keeps is more of a ballad and dry eyes cry is just kind of more of a mellow song so i i kind of i like that one a little bit better than four keeps. yeah for um for four keeps i don't know if it just harkens me back to for shame on cool kids y- yes which i absolutely hate i agree and i think um, you're right so i i think that that's why i didn't gravitate towards that at all because I, I i can't stand that song they've done that i've seen them do that live and i'm they just do like, it all the time break yeah they do it um, all the uh, time live horrible. for some reason but you're right i mean not very original right for shame and for keeps i mean yeah eh, you know mix it up a little bit so yeah. i don't know there may not be any any surprise here we may be on the same page steve yeah side two <laughs> um, I'm, a, I'm a side two guy here I, i'm a side two guy as well but again great great album overall and but side two is just a little bit better so yeah. and, and great debut album too yeah you know it's uh really I mean, you know obviously seasoned musicians but you know sometimes you get a a, a side or you know new project it doesn't really come off good sometimes but i thought this one came off very well absolutely all right steve thank you so much you've been on a proper slam fest podcast episode thanks for having me (laughs) i've I've had a blast it was great absolutely absolutely so I, i appreciate it did anyone get the chance to see funny money live back in the day if so when and where and what were your thoughts memories or stories from that show are you familiar with funny money's four studio albums If so, how would you put together a 16-track best of using studio tracks from those albums? And last but not least, what are your thoughts on Funny Money's self-titled debut studio album from 1998? Side one or side two? Let us know your thoughts by emailing us at slamfestpodcast at gmail.com or request to join our private Facebook page at Slamfest Podcast. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Thank you,